What's up, Ridger Nation? Guess what? Tonight, tonight's episode is, is something else. Tonight's episode is returning guests Jeremy Falloway and Eric Whittington to discuss the East Coast's newest 200-miler. You heard that right. A 200-miler called the Run Devil Run 200. It is a 100-mile out-and-back flat towpath course here in Northeast Ohio, and it is done by the Race Brimstone Organization. Tonight's episode was awesome, so sit back, relax, and enjoy it. What is up, Bridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bridge Runners Live. Tonight, guests from Race Brimstone. We've got Eric and Jeremy over here to talk about the Run Devil Run 200 miler here in not the West Coast, in Ohio. So that's exciting. See a 200 mile over here. I'm excited to hear all about it. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, coming off a little bit of a cold, so if I sound nasally tonight, I apologize. Cam, how about you? How are you doing over there? I'm doing uh, just fantastic. Um, I may have accidentally fallen asleep on the couch post-run, but woke up from that in time to uh, join the show, and I'm really excited to hear uh, about this race. You know, There's uh, not a lot of races that got me thinking about going back to Ohio right now, but I'm definitely uh, interested in this one and interested to hear what these guys have to say. Nice. Yeah, well, with the weather right now, we're looking for races outside Ohio. We want to get the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah, it was like a blizzard yesterday out of nowhere, and I'm like, what oh is this God. shit? Yeah, <laughs> it snowed for an hour, then it rained, then the sun came up, then it started all over again. It yep. was like Mother Nature was on crack big time yesterday. Yeah, and it's supposed to be 80s this weekend, so yeah, yeah. that's how it's going yeah. for us here in Ohio. Um, <laughs> let's let's start off with what we uh, mm-hmm. what we always like to start off with here. What are you guys drinking over there? We are drinking hoist hydration. Hoist hydration. I have never heard. Have of you ever this. heard of it? Nope. No. So hoist hydration provides the military with their hydration drinks, and they reached out um, about sponsoring Eagle Up this year, and they're also they do a lot with Team RWB. So we brought them on board, and now hoist is uh, one of our big sponsors for Eagle Up this year. And we're going to bring them into some of our other races as well. But the stuff is amazing. It's like IV level. Oh. Yeah. So just like an electrolyte style, like it's a it's a it's electrolyte on steroid drink. It's <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty potent. It's so easy on the stomach. It's amazing. So I've been drinking it like crazy. I drink one every day now. <laughs> I keep having them send them to me. Give me yeah, more. Nice. I'll it's like it. liquid spree candy. Oh. That sounds yeah. delicious. Okay. I'll have to check it that out. <laughs> um, Cam, what are you drinking over there? Um, so we have had our uh, fair share of uh, not-so-spring weather. I, I wish. <laughs> um, but I've got a, uh, a Bayern Maybach uh, lager, which uh, is apparently like a springtime kind of thing, at least according to the label. So got a couple of these in front of me. Hopefully, you know, I'm going to manifest some better springtime weather here for Montana. And it has been... Uh, pretty sunny today, so that's been good. Nice. Um, I've got myself an Athletic Light Brewing, Athletic Brewing Company, the light beer that they just recently came out with. I uh, figured I could uh, take it a little easy, you know, still trying to come off of this cold. Um, but yeah, let's get into tonight's show. Um, so let's just go right into that. 200 miles here in Ohio. Like, why? Why? Why do you guys decide to put this why on? <laughs> yeah, because there aren't, there aren't any out here. I know, you know, years ago, we all started running the hundreds thinking it was 
it's cool and fun and, and it still is. I still love that's still my favorite distance. But you know how we all are in today's society. We just want more, more, more. And you know, it's kind of carrying on to the running too. We all want to run farther, 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 you know, hit 150, and then the next thing you know, it's like uh Jeremy and I were kind of just talking about this. We talked about this a while ago, a couple of years ago, maybe about, should we ever do this? I'm like, Oh, it would be a, it would be a nightmare. And we started talking about like unsupported. And then this past year we started talking about, well, let's do a fully supported one. There's nothing like that around here. So it's something unique that isn't here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very unique and it's, even though it's on, like, we'll get to the course, I'm assuming a little bit later here a second, but like, it's a good way for someone out here on the East coast to more attainably get, um, a 200 mile. And, you know, you don't have to go as far as the West coast, um, and stuff like that. And, you know, those are also difficult in their own right. Um, as you were saying before the show, uh, there's no dangerous animals in Ohio to be worried about. So, you know, you could run pretty comfortably at night and not have to like carry some bear spray with you or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing out here that's going to kill you, you know, (laughs) A Sasquatch jumps out. Yeah, maybe a Squatch or a rabid raccoon (laughs) or something like that. Nice. Or another pissed off runner. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you're more more gotta worry more about cars on this one than anything else, probably. Yeah, but you know, it's you know, I know I know we're not West Coast with all like we're talking about, no mountains and all that, you know, crazy stuff that, you know, it sounds cool and fun and those races are cool. But, you know, out here, you know, it it really is uh, it's very scenic. And you get a little bit of everything, you know, you've got, you know, there's, there's parts of the course that you run through the city. Most of it's, you know, through some historic towns. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool and it's flat and it's fast. And uh, one of the things that we're actually doing is we're getting the course sanctioned and certified so that people could come out here on this flat course and, and, and run 200 mile records, get 200 mile records. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that would seem like that would be a good selling point for this, given the fact that it is flat, um, and you know, especially in the evenings, I think people will be able to get some good, some good pacing in when the sun goes down and stuff like that. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. And um, I mean, the the reason we were going to do it right off the bat was uh, Arlen told me he said if you if you certify the course, I'll come and break the course record on day one. I said okay, <laughs> so we're we're certifying it for him. So hopefully he stays healthy through Western states and. He plans on coming out and running it this year, so that would, it would be quite cool to see what he does yeah, at 200 yeah. distance. Because you know he is a fantastic 100 mile runner. He but, is. Be interested to see what he does with two. So, but yeah, I could see a lot of records getting shattered there for the 200 mile distance indoor set. Um, oh just, yeah, it could be pretty interesting. We got a couple. We got some good runners already signed up. It's it's pretty cool, interesting to see. So. And oh, what's the old guy, Tim Crow? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shirtless, shirtless Crow, or, or which is also scat. That's the Sasquatch that's going to come out after you later. Yeah. Um, Got to watch out for that one. Um, We're just teasing him. Oh yeah. So let's let's talk about this uh, course a little bit more. So like like you're saying, it's it's flat. It's towpath. You're going to run up to Cleveland and back. Um, you know that is it is scenic up there. Once you get through like Akron and you get back onto like the national park area, it's very scenic through that area. Um, what, what, do, what do they, what, what do you, I guess, what would um, the runners should they expect on the entire course? Some of the cool spots along, along this course um, and aid stations and kind of those things. 
Well, they're going to start at Camp Tuscazor, um, where we where we host the Tuscazor 100, obviously. And they're going to run down and jump on to the Towpath Trail uh, down at Route 800. And they're going to run uh, right up through the first thing they go through is um, that Fort, Fort, uh, Lawrence. Fort Lawrence. Um, it's a historical site. Um and then they'll be taking a lot of the a lot of the southern part. You go through a lot of historical towns. It's kind of wide open in some areas, uh, and you most of the time you're you're going along the Tuscarawas River or the Ohio Erie Canal. So you've got one or the other or both right next to you almost the entire route. Um, you know, you come up and uh, you know there's a couple of city spots where you do run a little bit through uh, right by downtown Massillon. You, you're running right up the high the side. Not the side of the highway, but on the you're on path. you're on the trail right next to the highway, running through uh, down the side of of Massillon and um, coming up into Barberton, Akron. It gets a little interesting too because uh, you go over this big floating bridge for uh, maybe a quarter to a half a mile, uh, and that's where you go up into downtown Akron, and that's kind of cool because. You know, you're running right through downtown Akron, right next to the the minor league ball field. You know, there's some beautiful gra- graffiti bridges. I mean, it's just it's it's very scenic for being urban uh, right off the bat, getting into Akron. Um, and then once they get out of Akron, that's where you start going up into the CVNP and it starts getting, you know, more outdoorsy, woodsy. And it's, it's pretty beautiful up there on your way up to Cleveland. And then once you get up to Cleveland, you get some beautiful skylines of Cleveland as you're coming into town, um, as you're making your way over to Edgewater Park, uh, some nice bridges and, and lots of uh, bridges. Yeah, it's a couple of cool so, tunnels, I think, or that one tunnel. Yeah, a couple of tunnels. Yeah, you'll hit a tunnel up north, one down south. So there's a few of them. But yeah, just you just got a little bit of everything thrown at you. But again, it's it's relatively flat. There's one hill, um, one hill that <laughs> Vanderhoof Road that you got to go up and down, and it's a bear. Once you get into Cleveland, <laughs> you get a little bit of rolling stuff, but nothing nothing major. Um, another cool thing is since you do, do go through these towns and stuff, if you got your crew there, uh, it's easy for them to get something that you want specific right so if you want something like eric would want like a big mac or something from mcdonald's uh it's right there <laughs> it's right there and easy for him to get um if you want a pizza or whatever that we wouldn't necessarily maybe have at an aid station it's easy for your crew to pick something up yeah. and also it's easy with the way we have the race set up that if you are planning on kind of taking a few days if you want to maybe get a hotel or Airbnb, get off the course, get go to the Airbnb, come back, get back on the course. Um, We're still kind of working on that, though, the parameters of that, of allowing the, the runners to go off the course. Because if it's certified, we're going to have to be very careful with how far they can go. Well, we kind of have so. it pretty set. <laughs> but they have sleep stations. They need to rough it and just sleep on the side of the trail. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's actually um, one thing when uh, kind of learning about this course and, you know, it being both an out and back and along the towpath, I'm, I'm really interested not only in sort of 
the creation of this course specific to this idea. And I'm not sure, you know, um, whether you had the idea, hey, let's put on a 200 miler, or let's run a 200 miler on the towpath first, um, or kind of how that came about. But in just kind of like how how you created this um, sort of like this thing for a worse way of putting it and, you know, this experience, you know, because it's definitely a different kind of experience in sort of like the 200 mile space. So I guess there's not really a question in there. So let me word it as one. Um, I think I got well, I should, to yeah. say. <laughs> well, okay. if, if you look at race brimstone, Jeremy and I have tried to cr- make every single race different. You know, we have the, 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 the primer race, the beginning of the season, the, the 25 K 50 K 50 miler right off the bat. And, you know, that goes into, um, then we've got Eagle up the 24 hour event, which, uh, Jeremy is, is taken over for my partner this year. Uh, Steve's retiring. So we got the 24 hours. Then we've got, uh, a Nomi's race down at camp Tuscazor, which is 25 K 50 K it's in a few weeks. Um, and that one's just a brutal, rugged, single track. You know, this is just a wet your taste buds a little bit for Tuscazor 100. Then, of course, we have the Tuscazor 100. And then lastly, we have the Whispering Grace 100, which is a three and a half mile loop around a, a, a horse farm, you know, to, to support veterans. And so we, we have we we've we've got pretty much a lot of the races covered minus the 5k. Um, and <laughs> we thought, you know, let's, let's do something cool. And, and, I, and I think we did originally think let's do a 200, but we were like, well, how are we going to do it? What are the logistics going to be? Where are we going to have it? And then one day it just kind of was like, Hey, let's do a fast flat 200. It gives a lot of different it's a different 200 than a lot of other 200s. Mm-hmm. Like we could go somewhere and put on a 200 that would go all through the woods and hills and everything else. But it's still through the woods and hills kind of it's not the same as out west, but it's kind of the same concept. This is kind of different because it's fast, flat. You know, it's like let's give let's let's see let, let let's let's get somebody to break some 200 mile records let's have some fun with this make a flat fast race and see what people do with it so I'm, we're excited over the next few years just to see what people really do with this if they come out here and they actually go after 200 mile records or so. you get people who are curious about trying a 200 but they're kind of nervous about going out in the mountains and spending all that money on something well, let's try this one first, you know, and see, see how the fast, a flatter one works out for us and, and go from there. So it's kind of, it has a lot of different appeals to different people. Mm-hmm. At half the price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely good. And I think, um, you know, one thing that uh, I've been thinking a lot about recently is just about like expectations, you know, and like how that affects your your experience of something. And I think y'all are both doing a really great job of being like, this is not a wilderness 200, you know, you're not going to be out somewhere where, you know, there's zero chance of cell reception where you would need that spot tracker with that emergency SOS button just for your own safety. If you're, you know, even backpacking or mountain biking or something much less trying to run an ultra. And so do you think that 
um, having a 200 kind of in this space of like different expectations. Um, how do you think that, I guess, uh, in a way like changes the experience? Because I don't, I don't know of any 200 quote unquote, I know there's like 48 hours and, uh, those kinds of events that aren't in wilderness areas, of course, but, um, something that is also still scenic, um, but is, you know, it's something that, uh, is a different experience from those other things. And it's much more probably manageable and easier to kind of wrap your head around, you know, like I, I can think about the towpath. Like I've run on that definitely not 200 miles, but I can, I know what it's like to be out there at all times of the day when it's humid, when, you know, my feet hurt, those sorts of things. So I guess, um, put me a little bit more into like your sort of sense of like expectations for this race and how, like, or I guess, you know, is it important to fill that sort of different niche at this distance? I think so. I, you know, we, we don't want to continue doing the same thing that everybody else does. And, you know, we kind of felt the need for this race too. It's, it's, uh, it's East coast. Um, it's not like all the other 200 milers, you know, you, and, and the cool thing, I, I, I particularly like out and backs, very long out and backs. I do like a good point to point, but the out and backs are kind of neat because on the way back, or on the way there, if you're slow like me, you get to see everybody coming back and forth. So, I mean, it's just kind of, a, it, you know, it, it's a, it boosts you up a little bit. It, it's fun to see a friend out there and chat for a couple seconds or a couple minutes. And, you know, the coming and going of people. And you're not going to be alone forever, you know, unless you're Arlen and you're out front. <laughs> well, no, he'll even see everybody on the yeah, way back. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, again, it's just, it's just something, something different, something unique and something, again, to have some fun with, you know, it's, you can be an elite runner and go out West and try, you know, and try to break records on those courses. I think that's really cool. But then to come out to one of these fast courses to where you can really hoof it for 200 miles straight and see what's in the tank, that's a little bit different. You know, you're not, you know, people aren't going to want to stop and rest as much. They want to go, 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 go. But then you got a lot of people like uh, somebody like myself. I would, I wouldn't go out there and try to beat anything. I just want the experience of running a fun 200 and having the time to do it. You know, knowing that I can be slow, knowing that I could take a couple naps here and there, knowing I can walk a lot. And, you know, we've got, you know, we got people that, that just want the experience and to be able to say, hey, I did a 200 miler, you know, whether they walked half of it or not. So what? It's, it's cool. I think it could almost be more fun. I mean, mm-hmm. not that not that a 200 miler out west isn't fun, but to be able to see your crew as much as you'll be able to see them at this race and see other runners and just other people on the towpath. Um, a little bit more of a relaxed environment. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. while you're killing yourself. <laughs> well, and, and especially for a, a mid pack runner or a backpack pack yeah. of pack runner, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're not out there alone all that time, not seeing anyone, you know, you, you kind of have a little bit more, support and and fun along the way because you're seeing other people and interacting with people a little bit more yeah and i think that's one of the things that i, I kind of like about this kind of concept so far is you know you, you're going to be able to get more contact with people you know you're not doing 30 35 40 miles um without seeing crew you're going to be able to see them way more frequently probably than that um 
the accessibility to be able to get stuff. Whereas like those, you know, some of the more remote ones, you don't have the ability to go and get things like you were talking about earlier. Like you can't Max. just have your crew order a pizza and grab right. your coffee in the middle of nowhere, you know. Now, you know, you can you can run like a king. And and because it's not like uh, you're not doing sixty thousand feet of climbing, you know, you could walk this whole thing. Someone could hike this entire two hundred miles and finish within with a lot of time yep. to spare. Yep. So that's like, you know, that's nice to think about. Like you could just see how long you could walk. You could. And they're going to have one heck of a big buckle waiting for them when they're done. <laughs> how how big is this buckle? It's big. Nice. <laughs> is it big enough that I could wear it to a rodeo out here and people are going to stare? It's big enough you might look like a WWE wrestler. <laughs> I love that. Uh, maybe not that big, but it's big. <laughs> Eric tends to exaggerate with size of yeah, things. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> everything's big in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, and and so um, you mentioned, um, and I I believe now this might have been um, in the pre-show. I can't quite remember because uh, we were chatting a little bit before we went live. But you know, you thought about doing it, kind of, you know unsupported just put the course out there and everybody's you know you're running through akron ohio you've mentioned it you've got everything you could kind of want out there and for me personally i i mean i draw a lot of inspiration from uh like bike packing races where that is sort of the standard where they say start and everybody starts at the same point and then there is you know stop at a bike shop stop at a wendy's do whatever you want um but no aid stations no nothing like that tell us about the decision to go not do that to go away from that and to make this more of that sort of like classic ultra marathon style where there's, there's going to be an aid station blaring music at 4am and somebody's going to be stoked to see you no matter how bad you're feeling. Have you ever been to any of our races? Uh, I have been to a couple of them. Okay. So you've seen the spread, the food, the music Mm -hmm. and everything. I don't think Jeremy and I are capable of putting on a race and not, and just sitting there not doing anything to take care of people. I think I would feel too lazy. No, we, no, we did talk about doing a unsupported an unsupported hundred. Yeah. And that might happen someday, but I don't know. I think we both just kind of like the idea of 200 because it's more than 100 and when it comes to the food and stuff, you know, 200 miles for a lot of people, including myself with no support, you know, that can be a little scary. And we want, uh, you know, like with our other races, we want to make this, we, we want people to come and have a good time. You're going to suffer enough as it is. You know, I, we don't want people to have to suffer to the point where they're sleeping at gas stations and eating ho-hos and just <laughs> dying out there. You know, we, we want to at least have them enjoy dying. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I just think that that's, you know, in, in keeping, keeping like some of the other really good 200s that are out there, we wanted, you know, to kind of follow suit with taking care of the runners and being able to meet their needs while they're out there doing this. I think that's important to both of us. So mm-hmm. we'll do a kill them race later. Um, Absolutely. You know, and for, uh, for the folks who do want to, you know, sleep in the ditch or like at a gas station or something like that. There is always the option of, you know, Camp Tuscazor is open. Yeah. Or I mean, Camp Tuscazor is open to the public. You can probably leave your car there. I don't know about the three or four days it might take you. They might have some questions. You know what? I guarantee you there's going to be a couple people. There there might be a lot of people that do it without crew because quite frankly, there's going to be 
plenty of aid stations and water stops. And, and yeah, there are places along the way where they could jump into a gas station or a restaurant, mm-hmm. eat whatever. They're right on the trail. There's restaurants. There's a sushi bar on the trail. When you get into, mm-hmm. into Akron Peninsula Road down past Akron, you can stop and eat sushi, pizza, subs, whatever you want. You know, and then you can take a nap uh, right next door in the woods or on the side of the ditch if you want. So, <laughs> or you can, you know, go to the sleep station every, I think about every 30, every 50K, we're going to have a sleep station. So I think mm-hmm. there's going to be like what, three, three, yeah, three. three, three, three up and the same three on the way down. So the runners will have a chance to where they could actually lay down and sleep and, but I will limit them. I think they have like a four hour limit to, to sleep in. I don't know where we might dump water on their head while they're sleeping. Just depends <laughs> on how grumpy we are because we won't be sleeping. <laughs> Got a great question in the chat from Alex Jackson it says, do you think runners will possibly be slowed down by having frequent access to their crew as opposed to having to go long stretches without it in other 200s? That could slow you down in any race, and I am the king of doing that. When, when I see my crew, every 100 mile that I run, when I see my crew, you know, if I see Scott Bach waving in the distance, I go run into him. It's like a, it's like a commercial. And just, you know, I just want to sit there and talk to him for 20 minutes and eat. And, but, you know, if you have a goal and a mission and, you know, there are people that are very well-disciplined to limit their time. Yeah. Okay. If, if, mm-hmm. if you have the, if you talk to your crew and your crew knows what your goal is and, and you have a good crew, they should be able to shoo you out of there. Yeah. Right. You just tell <laughs> them Keep hey, on moving. five minutes, uh-huh. don't give me five minutes or, or they don't even have to meet them at every aid station. You know, the, the crew can meet them, you know, they can plan it to where they're not seeing their crew. They could do whatever they want but yeah, the crew can slow you down if you're just a dorky fun runner like me. You know, if, if you want to go out there and accomplish something fast, then you know it's you got to have a plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's the key is to for your crew to know your plan mm-hmm. and kind of know your strategy and kind of have a plan going into it, so they don't slow you down too much and they keep you moving, kick you back out. Mm-hmm. I've crewed a lot of people and I'm pretty good at hey, it's time to go. get it up (laughs) you got 30 seconds to move (laughs) but when you're out there after 15 miles and you run out of copenhagen you're gonna want your crew you know so it's important (laughs) there's gas station though so you could get it there's plenty of places to buy copenhagen along this course um but i i do have to say i really appreciate that perspective of you know so often uh spending a lot of time with your crew is really framed as like a negative thing and in fact um AJ's comment immediately brought to mind, you know, the FKT holder on uh, Nolan's 14, Joey Campanelli, uh, I think is the guy. Uh, he said, you know, he's like, you should do it unsupported no matter what, because if you have a crew, you'll just spend too much time with them. Yeah. You know, um, and <coughs> I really you have think a, that you have, a, you have a runner like Arlen and for 100 yeah. miles, his total amount of time spent with his crew is eight minutes for an entire 100 mm-hmm. miler. That's nothing. So, so again, if you have a plan and you stick with it and your crew makes you stick to it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. 
if you have a fun crew like me, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm on that, that page because for now, I was like two hours of aid station stops. Yeah, and I know Scott's probably watching this right now thinking Eric is such an idiot. You know, I'll make him, Scott, let me sleep for 20 more minutes, two more hours. <laughs> I think I slept yeah. for two hours at Badger in the car. <laughs> Come on, Eric, you got to go. You got to go. So, yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's okay. And I'll be honest, Arlen spending eight minutes with his crew makes sense. But I, I think I spent more than eight minutes uh, taping John's feet at uh, Burning River 100 last year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably. That was a rough one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, um, John, you take. This I was going to say, how do you think the weather's going to yeah. play into these attempts for these fast times? August uh, can be pretty brutal on an on an exposed course. Andy. Well, it's not all exposed, so there is a mm-hmm. lot of shade, uh, but there is a lot of open sun, too. So, you know, just like any other race, you've got to plan for this stuff. If you're going to Badwater, you think you're going to get sunburned? A little bit. You know, you, you got to plan for it, you yeah. know, with the proper clothing. And, again, that's where your crew comes yeah, into place, man. Say, another, good, another good reason to have your crew, they're going to make sure you're hydrating and everything you need to do, getting your sunscreen on mm-hmm. and everything um to help help you keep moving as quick as you can so well, we might get a little rain you just don't know it's ohio it, it might even snow one of the days <laughs> <Yeah>. i mean <laughs> at this rate it might still be snowing yeah i think yeah. that the heat if you're not a good heat runner it could slow you down definitely mm-hmm. yeah and so um my uh, my question then was, you know, we've talked a, a lot about there. It seems to be there's two different um, kinds of experiences that are possible to have at this race. You know, there's, right, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, there's Arlen and there's Eric, right? Um, you know, and how yeah. do you um, how do you go about as a as a race director planning for both of those experiences and executing for them both, you know, because I'm sure not only have elite guys like Arlen been like, I've gotten to the aid station and it wasn't set up yet versus there are back of the Packers who were like, I got to the aid station and I was still two hours before cutoff, but they were tearing down and all they had left was like a stale bag of gummy bears for me, you know, like not even water. And how do you, first of all, you know, know we will never ever run out of food at one of our aid stations. (laughs) I think we've, I think we've uh, proven ourselves on that one. Um, Mm -hmm. We always overshot because Jeremy has a lot of kids. So all that extra food, man, they, they live off that for a couple of weeks. I get all the Coca-Cola. He gets all the food. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we, we know that when we have fast runners, we always get those aid stations up early. It's just like with our 50 mile, 50 Ks, we get people down there. They're, they're setting up the aid stations hours before the race even starts, making sure that they're ready for the fast guys. And we have somebody there. We over plan when it comes to food and water and make sure that every single runner, I don't care how slow they are. They are every, every runner is treated the same. Every runner is going to have access to the same food, same everything. And we will make sure, you know, because again, we, you know, we design a lot of our races like Eagle up and, and, and Tuscazor. Mm-hmm. We, we, we to take care of people. We, we want the people that aren't, quite so elite like Arlen to come out and have a good experience. So they need to be taken care of just, just like the fast people. I'd be pissed if I went to a race as one of the slow <laughs> guys and there wasn't food there, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to see both of those 
people too, right? It's fun to mm-hmm. watch the fast guys. And, mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's fun to see those people that are stick like it us. out, <laughs> stick it out, and they're there right to the bitter end yeah. to make the cutoff. You know, so you just have both ends of it, and they're both really mm-hmm. fun the, people the, to watch run, yeah. you know. The fly guys come, the, the fast guy by grabbing a few things. And then the slow people like me and Jeremy, we'll go in and we'll sit there and wait 20 minutes for them to make an omelet for us or whatever. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm hungry. Make it fresh. <laughs> but hey, I, I have... You watch the fast guys go through and you're like, man, that's impressive. Look how fast they're going. But then you have the, the people that are sticking it out that are slower and you're like, man, that's impressive, man. They're tough and sticking it out. So it's really, we respect all the different yeah. runners. So we, try to cater to all the different runners uh because we're not those fast guys we're the mid packers we're the back the packers but we we know how to take care of the fast guys and the slow we guys. know what we want in a race so we give it that's that's the cool thing about what being partners with jeremy is we both want the same thing out of a race so it's very easy for us together to take care of all the runners because we treat them like we want to be treated at a race which is well fed and lots of coke and well fed yeah. <laughs> lots of coke all about good spirits and you know happy volunteers yeah. and good music and yeah good music jeremy doesn't like reggae too much though nah. <laughs> <laughs> i um, think i figured him out at the last race yeah <laughs> um i think one of the things that would be interesting to talk about is this part of the of the race where the participants can, can leave. Uh, I read about this a little bit reading the course description, you know, in a way where they basically like drop their bib at a certain aid station and then they can leave and go sleep in an Airbnb or sleep in a bed or get a proper shower or something, or even go sit at Rockies and have a full dinner if they want to. I mean, I don't, whatever they want to do, right. but um, that's very interesting because I don't see that in a lot of races. Well, they just so, can't take the bib with them. Yeah. So, I went out and did, well, attempted to do Cocodona 250 last year. And this was kind of the model that they had set up, and I really liked it. I thought it was good. I didn't utilize it, but I thought it was a really nice model, the way they had it set up. So you can come into an aid station and say your crew's there, and they're going to take you any of the places you just mentioned. You can turn in your bib to the aid station captain uh, with your timing chip, and you can leave. And as long as you come back to the same place and get your timing chip and bib and you start before the cutoff of that aid station, you can just keep on going. So you can leave and come back, but you can't take your bib with you. Uh, that's just basically how it's set up. And it it seems like uh, it'll work good. Yeah, that would sound quite amazing, actually, to get a full shower in or something or just sleep in a nice bed. Yeah. And that's the other thing. If you're if you're fairly fairly local, um, we should have called this the bougie two hundred. <laughs> or you have friends that are fairly local. So like myself, I live literally like a mile off the towpath. If if I wanted to come into Canal Fulton, I live two miles from the aid station of Canal Fulton here. Um, if I came into the aid station here and I said, "Hey, I'm going to go home and take a shower and take a nap." I could turn in my bib here, go home, get a shower, nap, eat, come back, you know, four hours later or whatever I needed to, um, and jump back on the race from the same point I, I left it. Um, and that's the other nice thing about if if you're a local runner, 
and you have those friends or, or even yourself living close, mm-hmm. it's something you can definitely utilize and take advantage of. Yeah. We got people that do it during Eagle Up. I've had, I had last year, I had somebody, I did Eagle Up yeah, I had somebody <laughs> leave to go to a wedding and come back and run the rest of the night. That's awesome. And people, people leave for their kids' soccer game, come back and finish the race. It's pretty entertaining. That's pretty awesome. Um, Tim Crow joined us in the chat here. Oh man, we're in trouble. Yeah, he says, "What's what's up with all this negative energy on 420 day?" Which uh, you know, I have to say, there is no negative energy here, Tim. No, <laughs> none whatsoever. Even Wesley said that Tim's going to win regardless of who shows up. Right there, that's some positive energy, right there. Yeah, yeah. Tim always has my vote. Um. So let's see here. Um. I guess uh. I'm drawing a blank here, Cam. I had a question and yeah, I lost um, it. Gone. Kind of, yeah, no no worries there. I would like to hear uh, Jeremy and Eric talk a little bit more about the towpath because the towpath is one of those things where it's um, it's not something that a lot of people, I think, actually believe is in Ohio. And it's that kind of, it's a line that connects, you know, like especially uh, depending on what other trails you can use, you know, that whole sort of like Cleveland area down to the rest of the state. And you're essentially going to be spending most of your time on this course, I believe like 190 out of 200 miles on the same towpath and talk a little bit about um, why you think that's like a, a good choice for this race beyond, you know, just logistics, right? It's all in sort of like it's on one line, but talk about what that, that kind of makes the experience like um, when you're spending almost all of your time, out there and it's kind of just like you know well we start in dover and we run to cleveland and back you know because well, that's something even if you have uh yeah, family it you know? way, yeah it goes all the way down to cincinnati from cincinnati mm-hmm. to cleveland but most of the scenic stuff um not to knock on the south but there's a lot of off the path roads and stuff when you go farther past zor and, and bolivar down there so mm-hmm. most of the from from Zorda to Cleveland is all towpath. It's, um, you know, it's wooden bridges, wooden walkways. Some of it's paved, some of it's crushed limestone. There's a lot of locks on the canal. Uh, we even have, history. we even have a working canal boat here in canal Fulton. That's going to be going up and down the, the, the canal while, while people are running. So there's just a lot of, a lot more, I think it's a little bit more scenic. And now I haven't seen a lot of it down south, so I, I don't know for sure. But and plus, since we live up here and we know these trails, we've ran them so for so many years. It just seemed like the the perfect place, and it was. It just you get a little bit of everything in that in that two hundred and that hundred mile stretch, and you get it twice. Did I answer the question? You, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think. You know, you you both have mentioned, you know, like the towpath really is beautiful, but it's not it's not beautiful the way, you know, like uh, a scenic view of like the Tetons or something is beautiful. Not, so uh, you know, tell us. Yeah. Tell it. Well, tell us about the mountain. Um, kind of, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm really no, 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 tired. It's, <laughs> no, it's OK. I, I want to let you uh, speak your piece. Right. But it's just. Tell us, you know, why you find the towpath beautiful and, you know, kind of what are some of the things that uh, runners should be looking out for to 
kind of enjoy um, on this because it's it's not going to be that mountain vista. You know, it's a different kind of beautiful. It's beautiful because it's it's, it's a lot of history. It's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of his, historical towns. A lot, just a lot of history along that towpath. So much has happened at the locks and the the guard houses, and you know, there's just it. It's beautiful. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's not the mountaintops. It's not oceans. It's just it's a canal and a river with a a trail going right through the middle of it. But there's so much history that people are unaware of. Um, I mean, these towns are haunted even. I mean, it's, it's just, and, it's cool like that. It's and it's, it's, it's peaceful too. Um, especially if you get in the evening, in the early mornings, through the night, of course, it's going to be peaceful because it's nobody else going to be out there. But <laughs> And there's deer everywhere. <laughs> there is. There's deer, there's wildlife. You're going to see muskrat, beaver, uh, turtles, coons. lots of turtles. There's lots of wildlife, bald eagles, and none of them will bite you. Yeah, nothing's gonna kill you. So <laughs> that's a bonus. Except for Tim Crow. Except for Tim Crow. But it, it, it's it's very peaceful. Um, I I've done a, we've all done a lot of early morning runs on there, um, or late evening into the night, and the frogs chirping, the 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 fog coming off of the the water on the canal with the ducks swimming by it's it's very peaceful it's a very serene calm trail it's just beautiful and at that time of the year during the day there's going to be a lot of people out there there's going to be other runners there's going to be you know people on their bikes and know that there's going to always be somebody around them you know until it gets late at night and it, what's nice is you think of all the chaos around, right? The cities, the you go through downtown Akron, but you're on this trail and it's it's just peaceful um, with all this chaos around you. So, I mean, it's like we said, it, it's it's not the mountains, but there's something about the towpath that yeah. that is very. You know, if I lived out west, I would be running through the mountains all the time too, and that would be my peaceful place. Being here in Ohio where we run is a lot of the towpath and that's, that's kind of our peaceful place here on the East coast. You don't have the cars to worry about running you over and all that kind of good stuff. too. So. Or getting lost. You can't get lost on the towpath unless you got, I mean, unless something's wrong. I mean, it's either straight up and straight down. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And I got to add to that peaceful comment. Like, so when I ran canal, like the ran canal corridor, so that's a lot of that course is very similar and Oh yeah. It is beautiful race. It's just like, it is very peaceful. Like I, I was able to just zone out and just go mm-hmm. and just like you said, the, the fog, the ducks in the morning, like all that stuff, you know, is very real and it's, it was very peaceful. And so I think it would be, if anyone who's not experienced something like that, it would be a very different and cool experience to anybody who wants to come from out West to try this race out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's no different. You know, a lot of people on the East coast, we're so used to this. We want to go try something mountainous and different and, why, you know, if I was on the West Coast, I'd, I'd be jonesing for something flat and fast and easier. A um, couple questions in the chat here. Tim Kerr wants to know, Eric, how do I get one of those ultra, you ultra shirts? I'll mail you one, brother. Um, and do you want to talk about what that is real quick, briefly? Uh, yeah. Um, last couple of years, me and a few friends, 
uh, they're IT guys that work for the federal government. We designed and built out a new race registration platform for race directors all over the U.S. and a couple countries now um, to put their races up. Uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, we just launched a couple months ago. And what we did was we partnered up we partnered up with Team Red, White, and Blue, Team RWB, and for every runner from every race, we are donating a percentage of our service fees from UR Ultra to Team RWB uh, for their veteran programs. And um, we, like I said, we wanted to do something. Jeremy and I like to give back. For every one of our races, we always donate to somebody. Team RWB, different charities, Whispering Grace, you know, Camp Tuscazor, we, we've given them a lot of money to, to keep the, the camp going. And now we had an opportunity to do it at a bigger scale. So we spent two years building out this race platform and it just went live. It's URultra.com. And, you know, I still have some of my other races on the other websites until they're, they're completed because we had to have them up, obviously. But we've got several on there so far, and, and like I said, it's it's a really neat, unique platform, and we got some pretty cool things coming, lots of changes that we're still making to it, and um, we build the races out for the race director if they would like us to, and uh, we do a lot of one-on-ones with people, so we're trying to, you know, do the best we can as far as customer service, where we're, we try to be right on top of things to give that race director exactly what they need. Awesome. Thank you. I hope it goes well. <laughs> Take one. Uh, I'm excited right. to see where it uh, it goes in the future, and you know, spice it up because you know, I mean, run run sign up is is itself, but then there's you know, ultra sign up, which everyone knows. But well, there's a few of them. I mean, you've got you've got <laughs> some good platforms out there, you know. But we wanted something that was going to be different, unique, and 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 again, we wanted uh, to be able to give back at a bigger scale on a larger scale. So. You know, over time mm-hmm. it's growing. We got some big races on there now, and we've got some big ones that are on their way. And you know, we're excited about it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we and do we have our running for us, so we got to do good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we do have a, a couple more chat comments. I do want to say um, that Chadwick says uh, Eric has a heart of gold. Um, he also says, "Tell Eric C. Rob says hello." Uh, Chadwick, that's the point of the chat. You can just say hello. Um, hey, Chadwick, I love anyways. you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I love uh, that guy. Another, um, yeah, he's he's the best. Another, uh, a little bit more uh, logistical question here is uh, from our our good friend Dr. Timothy Krell. He wants to know, you know, uh, are you guys going to have an EMS director? And he also says, and I'll put this in quotes for him: uh, "Death is real in these events." Um, I've been practicing my mouth to mouth with my girlfriend every night um, for Tim, <laughs> for for Tim, Tim. <laughs> specifically for Tim. I think I got it down pat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we we're going to probably alert. We'll have the the fire departments uh, alerted that the race is coming through their town, and- just like we do with the Tuscazor and in, in our other races. Um, but we are looking for a possible medic or two to volunteer. Well, right now we do have uh, one volunteer that was a combat medic and then uh, uh, nurse practitioner. 
Uh, he's retired now, and he's going to volunteer the whole time during the race. So he'll be at some point during the race the whole time also, besides us, you know, letting the, the local authorities through yeah. each area we go through know that yeah that what we're doing so so all of the races that we have we always alert the the local fire department that hey we have a race going on it's going to be from here to there just be ready if you get any calls from us and so they're pretty they're pretty good about that and we got a new box of latex gloves um i think tim will enjoy they're a little slipperier than the last box Uh, see rob says the um Way to prevent death, though, is to just eat ice cream at mile 140. Um, Hello. <laughs> no. Ice cream uh, cures everything. Uh, Kelly, KP Kelly's also in the chat, says, looking forward to running this. And by run, I mean mostly eat and walk. Um, <laughs> so. I was waiting for him to say something like that. <laughs> that that's, uh, that's what I would do, too. Um, also, one other another thing. good guy, man. We got some cool people signed up, man. We're excited already. Just just seeing the the people that have signed up so far, it's going to be fun. I we, there's some good runners out there that come to our races, man. And they they just become your buddies over time. It, it's just a blast. It's it's fun. Um, I'm assuming you guys are still looking for volunteers as well, right? Oh, for all that we're always looking for volunteers for the races. So what we did, uh, Jeremy implemented. Uh, this volunteer thingy that we have, it's called Brimstone Bucks. So when a, when a runner or when a person comes and volunteers, for every hour that they volunteer, they get seven, seven Brimstone Bucks, and they can apply that to any of our races. So we've got you know people that have volunteered for like 10, 12-hour shifts. We just give them a code for you know, 70, 80, 90 bucks towards whatever the race they want. Yeah. So, And if your spouse is coming to watch you run and they don't want to just stand around, they can volunteer and you can use their bucks towards mm-hmm. for yourself. Uh, so, so you can give your, your brimstone bucks to anybody you want. So. Yeah. It kind of works out nice. Mm-hmm. It helps us. It helps you guys, whoever wants to. And we you know, feed them good. Offset some of their costs <laughs> on uh, future race entries. Mm-hmm. And it, it works out great. Yeah, I, I was reading through that and I was like, that's you know, definitely very interesting to me being close, you know, not too far. I was like, this is great. And it's a very, I think, generous uh, volunteer program. So it's awesome to see that. Implemented. I mean, we wouldn't be able to have the races without good volunteers. I'm telling you, that's that is the biggest part, probably, of the races. Good volunteers. Cool. Can we got some uh, quick questions here, uh, race uh, director we, style? We do have actually some uh, race director specific quick questions, but um, you know, one thing I just want to hit on before we uh, go to that is I just, I want to ask y'all about, you know, you talk about, you want to give back with each race. And then you, you also mentioned, you know, the people who run and volunteer at these races, you know, you just, you get to know them and you end up becoming buddies and you, you create that kind of relationship with them. So uh, just talk a little bit more about what it means for you to be able to put on events where the event can do something, you know, more than just be an event, right. It can, it can give back. And then also how, being a part of these events creates a community that has relationships where 
people will come and volunteer because they they know that they want to run the race and they they want to be able to give back beforehand or they've ran the race and you know a volunteer really saved them when they were having a really bad time at an aid station their crew wasn't at and now they're like well i need to come be that volunteer for somebody else so just you know talk about uh your perspective on that we have a we always get runners that come and run our races and then the next thing you know they're volunteering at another one just because they love the race and you know maybe they're not trained up for it or weren't ready for it but they still wanted to be there so they come to volunteer um as far as the giving back you know i i think that's just the general mentality of a lot of us trail runners that you know that's that's a huge part of our running community is giving back you know you've got that that group up in cleveland was it run forward and giving back they do a great job they they raise so much money jennifer douglas does it and raises a lot of money there's some good race directors out there that that you know they they give money back to the community to the parks to different charities and and that's always been you know just it's just always been something that Jeremy and I do. You know, we started with Eagle Up. We donate tons of money back to RWB from that race every year. And and we even do one of our races, uh, the Whispering Grace 100, which we moved uh, to the fall, where um, we donate all the money back right to Whispering Grace because they provide free equine therapy for veterans. So, you know, it's just it's not all about the money. It's just about the community and the camaraderie and, and, you know, everybody taking care of everybody. It's yeah. And people don't realize that when we go to a race, even though we put a lot of hard work into it and you get there and you're like, Oh, that was tough to get everything together. We get so much out of putting on these races and seeing people, there and, and achieving goals and finishing and, and the joy that they have. It, it just gives us joy to see these people and people we've come to know and, and love that they're achieving these goals and, and happy. And it makes us feel good. So not only are we giving back to the community and charities, but you guys, when you come and run, you don't realize how that gets us going and, 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 gives back to us too at the same time it's a pretty cool thing just all goes full circle yeah i i I absolutely agree and i know i know i have a personally a similar experience being at these events you know you're always you're always receiving so much more than you're giving you know um or at the very least that's that's how i feel about these things um so my favorite part though is my buddy jr i met this guy at the indiana trail 100 and now he comes to all my races, J.R. Howard, and he brings me lots of ice cream every single race. I think he brought me 20 pints last time. I didn't even have enough room in the fridge. I had ice cream in the shop, at home. So, yeah, it does have perks, but, I mean, you, you do. You meet so many so many cool people, and you just become your friends for life, and it's awesome. You know, and if, if Jeremy and I travel somewhere to just go run a race ourselves, mm-hmm. it, you know how fun it is to be out there running a race and, and coming in and running by people that have been at your race and stopping to say hi. And it's like you've got friends everywhere you go. And it's just so cool. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. It's, you can't beat it. 
It's just a great yeah, community. Absolutely. It's just the greatest community ever. Absolutely. I think, I think that's the great answer. Um, you know, if you have any last minute questions for our guys here, I just said it in the chat, but I'll let you know now, uh, feel free to ask those in the chat and I'll get them to them. Um, but if not, we're going to go ahead and start our, uh, special race director edition, uh, quick oh, questions to end the show here. Um, <laughs> oh they're just, they're a little bit different than the ones we ask. Um, you know, we asked y'all, um, I believe our normal ones when we had you on to talk about the Tuscazor 100, uh, last fall. So here we go. Uh, the very first one here is going to be, what's the thing you are most excited to stock your aid stations with? Slushies. Slushies are cool. Bacon. Oh, spam. Spam? <laughs> yeah, because Jeremy then makes us, he makes a killer fried spam sandwich. So when all the runners go through, whatever spam is left, which is usually a lot, <laughs> we make spam sandwiches. <laughs> well, bacon soy is good. Yeah. People love bacon, you know. You can do so much with it. Make some bacon grilled cheese, you know, whatever. So, mm -hmm. nice. yeah, absolutely. All all great answers. I will have to say, spam is um is a new one. I have not heard of spam being served at a race before. And usually, people decline it, but that's okay. We eat it. <laughs> I think I gained twenty pounds of just spam butt by the time that Tuscasaurus is over. <laughs> um. Yeah. Next question here. Mm -hmm. says, uh, is there anything on the course that the runners are going to think is a weird hallucination? Other than um, shirtless crow late at night, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's some... I see an alligator in the canal. I don't know. <laughs> You'll start seeing it in the canal. Um, I don't know, man. I was up in the CVNP. I thought I was being chased by Ewoks one year. It was scary. Um... <laughs> I was pretty dehydrated. I don't know. Usually, you know, when you're running by the canal at night, you see all kinds of things. You see eyeballs. You hear noises, splashes. We you... saw we saw a spaceship one. Oh, one night, Jer. Oh, yeah. So Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy and I were running down the towpath one night, and we had no lights on our head, and it was pretty dark. And we saw these lights flying back and forth. We were convinced they were spaceships well, after a for, while. First, we, we, first we didn't out. say anything. And then it was like, did you see that? I'm like, yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but it turned out not to be. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and uh, I'll remove uh, Roswell-like from uh, the description of this race that we're going to put on the website. But, you know, just be aware if you see anything out there. It's right around Butterbridge Road and Canal Fort. You'll see the lights. It's not a spaceship. <laughs> All right. Um, and um, you already talked about how kind of peaceful and serene um, this course is. And I, I have to agree that the towpath is just wonderful. Um, but what is your, your favorite thing about uh, the area that this race runs through? Close to home. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just love the I I just love the trail period. That that trail I think Jeremy and I have ran countless mi thousands of miles on this trail over the last decade. It's just it's our home. I, you know, it's 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 important to us. We love it. We you know, do whatever we can for the community on the, with this trail and we just this trail is our home. It's it's our passion. It's 
where I've logged most of my miles, my lifetime has been on this towpath trail. Yes, I'm a flat runner. <laughs> Fair enough. Since you know so much about this trail, then this question is probably best directed at you. What is the most interesting history part of this trail? Like the, what, what area has the most history or the most exciting history, or at least in your opinion? I think coming, Jeremy might have a different answer, but I honestly think right here in Canal Fulton, coming through Canal Fulton, because what a lot of people don't realize is they had immigrant workers digging that hand dug this canal out and thousands upon thousands of people died, um, especially around this area. And uh, there's buildings where there's a warehouse building right here on the trail that you run right by where they literally stacked thousands of bodies because they were running out of places to put them. And there used to be tunnels and there's, from one building to another around yeah, here from it's, across the streets and everything. Um, and there was, you know, we know a lot of the history right yeah. in Canal Fulton, so we think it's pretty cool. It's haunted. There's, it's just, it's scary. I mean, not scary. Like, it's just scary thinking about what actually went on a hundred plus years ago when they actually made this canal and during the canal. What went on? You know, all the drunken debauchery here and, you know, at the, you know, it was all saloons and that's how they, uh, that's how I got my bike shop name, Brimstone. That's how we named Brace Brimstone. If you want to hear the story real quick, there's a, there's an intersection right here in historic downtown Canal Fulton. And there used to be a saloon on all four corners and a block away was the opera house and the hotel where the president would stay. But these four corners, there were so it was so bad. There was beatings and muggings and gambling and drinking, and the boat workers would get off the boat, and it was like party central here, you know. And you know, people were getting killed. Well, they ended up nicknaming the the intersection Brimstone Corners way back in the day. You'll still see it on some maps. Yeah. So I ended up naming my bike shop Brimstone Bicycles after the intersection. And then when Jeremy and I partnered up, we were like, heck, we might as well name it Race Brimstone. And, you know, it just kind of stuck. So, yeah, the history here in Canal Fulton, um, I am a little bit biased, but it's the history here is really cool. So it's running up through this area. It's short and sweet, but it's it's neat. It's just it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I got to say, I grew up, you know, 20 minutes south of there, thereabouts in a Yorksville, Ohio. So it's definitely, there's, there's a lot more history than you were, you know, you were just taught yeah. in all of your classes. Um, yeah. and especially, you know, uh, Fort Lawrence too, uh, being on the yeah. course, that's, that's really great. Um, but, uh, another thing, uh, that we want to ask, you know, and it seems like we've got a couple of folks who are interested in running this or will be running this listening, you know, what is, uh, the first thing that those folks should do, uh, post-race other than probably shower since they've been out there for a while um eat spam <laughs> post race so well i guess it depends on how how much they slept during the race <laughs> I can only, i've never made it past 150 yet so all i know is i just want to eat and sleep and and shower mm -hmm. so you know everybody does their own thing some people you know they stay up and walk around i you know i personally just i'm down i'm done yeah, you, you're probably going to want to eat, uh, get some nutrition back in you. Yeah, but the um, finish line at Camp Tuscasaurus, there's a lot of cabins there. So the runners, 
more than likely will rent out these cabins so for the night before and when they get back so that they have some downtime and probably just mm-hmm. eat, hang around the bonfire with us. Tell us, tell us about all the scary stuff they saw for the 200 miles, all the wild animals that were chasing them up and down the trails. Uh, Lockport Brewery is right around the corner there. So maybe go down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was going to mention, I, uh, I believe it was Lockport where uh, me and Alex Jackson went after I ran the, the Tuscazor 25 miler, uh, what feels like a lifetime ago, I think in 2019. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a, a good recommendation as well. Um, if you're, you know, if you've slept plenty on the course and you're up to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, next question. And so, um, next question yeah. we got here is, uh, if you could have anyone or any person in the history of the world runs race, uh, the same rules apply, even if they aren't a runner, let's say they can, they are, and can finish it. Um, who would it be and, and why? Last time you asked, it was who would we want to run with? Yes. Now you're asking <laughs> yeah. us who yeah. we, we want, want to run, run the race. race. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a little twist. We like that. Oh <laughs> for you, man, for you yeah, race I was studying for this, and you just you just blew all my studying. I want, I want, somebody, <laughs> I want somebody to come out and set a set a record. Um, and who mm-hmm. that is, I don't I don't know. Um, so I don't I don't know if I care who it is. I I'd like to see somebody come out <laughs> and set a new a two hundred mile record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's a tough mm-hmm. question. <laughs> well, we are we are going to clip you saying, I don't know who that's going to be and send that to I'd Arlen, love to see my son watch it like every it. morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. World record pace would be sweet. I'd have to see. I don't know. I Just somebody that's really fun and happy. I want to see fun, happy people come run this race. Leslie Harden. <laughs> Chadwick, you better sign up for this race. You're a fun, happy people. Yeah, he is definitely one of those fun, happy people. Oh, and he, as he texted us earlier mm-hmm. or messaged us on in, in Instagram, uh, we got to switch from fireball shots to Hennessy shots. Um, so we'll have to bring those. Um, did you see that comment? Boy, if he's screwing Tim, Tim ain't going to make I, the 30 I miles. <laughs> I did not. I did not see that. Um, I don't think I'm physically capable of taking a Hennessy shot mid-race. Um, I will say, you know, um, yeah, I would I would love to see Chadwick uh, out there doing bottle service at aid stations. Um, you know what I would like to see? Aid station Hennessy's, yeah. I would like to see a disabled vet come out and do this mm-hmm. 200 miles in there with their hand cycle. I think that would be cool. You know, yeah. somebody to see somebody that, that wasn't able to run, but could do it by hand. I think that would be something really spectacular mm-hmm. to watch. I think that would be cool to see. So, you yeah, could, you could do that on this course, mm-hmm. right? There's no, stairs. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah there's only mm-hmm. one hill that would, you know, somebody, might need a little bit of assistance where I would be more than happy even myself to be there waiting for that person. If, if somebody wanted to come in and do that, that would be neat. We do have a couple of hand cyclists uh, that actually do Eagle up. It's, it's pretty cool to see them when they hit a hundred miles. It's, it's, it's spectacular. That's awesome. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. That's a, that is a, a, a great answer. And, you know, we'll do a, we'll do what we can as a, as the media guys, you know, see if we can find that person. Um, but yeah, you know, so, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, but are there any sponsors, social media, anybody you'd like to thank anything you'd like to plug, you know, kind of the floor is yours guys. Um, and just, you know, say what you want to say. Well, we plugged hoist. We plugged hoist. Hammer's we- always been a good, a great sponsor for us. Yeah, Hammer's always been yeah. a good sponsor. I, I do um, also have to say a Whitefish Montana company. So, you know, Northwestern yeah, Montana. Jeremy's a real there. estate agent. So if anybody's selling their house or moving, call Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Well, I own the Brimstone Bike Shop, but, you know, a lot of you probably don't live around here that are listening to this. We can plug our Nomi's races coming up here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, May 14th. Um, it's a pretty... If you want a, a tough but super fun trail race, this it's, is the one for you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Tuscazor 100 condensed into 25K <laughs> or 50K. It's brutal and fun. It's a, it's a much different course, but it's all on Tuscazor. Uh, tough course. We had a lot of people run it last year say, this is one of the toughest 50K or 25K courses i've run but man it was the funnest yeah and you just a lot of different mm-hmm. terrain through there and it's a fun race so yeah if you're looking for mm-hmm. something fun to do in a few weeks yeah come out and check out no means mm-hmm. check out urultra.com <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and they they say fun terrain and it, i will say also directly up a drainage um yes. oh and directly down a river bed shit's creek is what i called that one because i just felt like yeah. i was just walking through shit water the whole way down and then you had to climb up a bunch of rocks to get back out of it yeah you uh, should have been there for cleanup when we pulled out a foot of muck out of it uh, to dry two weeks before the race it was awful we, we did add a, a nine mile uh option to that yeah. so if you're not feeling up to you know it's nine ish yeah nine ish miles <laughs> Oh, if you're not going up to 25 or 50k, uh, so you only have to run down that mm-hmm. little spring ravine and not back up mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. if you're nine mile. <laughs> awesome. All right. I would. Uh, I would also recommend someone's if you are looking for a race. That's fun. It's definitely worth it. So mm-hmm. doing it last year, yeah. Just a year yeah, ago. Absolutely. Uh, can't. Can't agree more with that. And we are, uh, we're so grateful for you guys to um, have you on again. Um, we were super stoked to uh, see this race and see where it goes. Um, but, you know, that was um, Ridge Runners Live with, you know, uh, Reese Brimstone, Eric and Jeremy talking about the Run Devil Run 200 miler. Um, we were so excited to uh, hear about this. Um, and we'll see you guys, I don't know, ideally next week. Maybe no more months off, John. What do you think? I think we'll be back next week. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we'll hey. see you on the next one. Thank you. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show that would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava club so you can get mentioned in the Strava rundown every single week.
We'll see you next week, Virgin Nation. Yeah.